impressed you. Yeah, yeah. Impressed. <laughs> I impressed myself. Are you speaking <laughs> like Dinites? Yeah, I Father, yeah, I thank you for Ryan, Lord. And again, as always, Lord, we're so thankful for this guy that you send, Lord, to, to lead us, Father, to be a father in the house for us, Father, um, that you are equipping him, that you are giving the word and the message, Lord, that you want to share to us, Father. And we now, um, yeah, we open our ears, we submit to um, what you are saying through him, Lord Jesus. And I pray, Father, that by your Holy Spirit, that you would, um, in each one of us, speak and touch us and that we would hear you. Um, they were directly from you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 The pause is intentional, so we can see the break in the the recording. How's everyone? You guys good? I just want to look around the room quickly because it's the first time I get to see who's here and who's not here and say, how's it? And Corinne, Anton, big day coming for you on Tuesday, tomorrow night. Anton's going in for a, a very delicate operation on his ankle. Um, it sounds like the surgeon is going to need great skill and Anton's going to need even greater skill in the recovery process. And Corinne is going to need the, the patience of the Mother Teresa to get him through it all. So I would like you to hold them in prayer this week. Um, who else is here? I've already hugged him hard. Zanra is back. <laughs> so Zanre doesn't know that we've been talking about him since he's been away. And I hope you've been feeling the love, bud. Um, good to have you back with us. Um, I've got a title for today's word. You'll all be interested to note. It's eye-catching and provocative. And I don't know what it's got to do with the preach. The money, the prostitute, and the way home. You can figure it out, if you can. So this morning I had to catch myself. It was just past nine, just after nine, about three minutes past nine this morning. And I realized my daughter, Jess, those of you who know me, we've got a 21-year-old, 22-year-old, 22-year-old daughter, um, about to get married and she hadn't left for church yet. And so I asked, and I admit it was in a rather sarcastic tone, um, if she had decided that today wasn't the Lord's Day. And her immediate reply was, but you take off on Sunday every now and again. And she had decided that today was that day for her. Sure. And it hit me. I would Plenty of responses as a, a father with children might have in that situation, um, but decided against giving a response like that. Um, she is after all an adult and capable of making her own decisions, as many of you are. 
But I couldn't let go of that blatant, in-your-face reminder that people are always watching what we are doing and who we are representing. Always. Even in your own house. Liani wrote on our prophetic group on Thursday, and also pray for her that she gets well. She got kneed by a horse this morning, waiting for the bruise to tell the tale. And she wrote, we are meant to write on the hearts of those around us, to create something beautiful and lasting. Sometimes God asks me, myself, to cut, file, and sand away certain places. The pain of loss is real where it is cut. It fits into a proper place in my life. And now the attention is not on what stands out, but the attention is on the beauty of the whole. The whole of me writes God's story. My presence, my speech, my life, my seeing, my hearing, my attitude. Profound, Leonie. And then she goes, posted a picture. Have you got that picture, Monet? Just encapsulate that sanding process and what it reveals. So when this preach birthed, um, God gave me the picture of the prodigal son. And everyone knows the story from Luke 15. Um, and I, I really felt it was not just a story around a guy um, that gave up his inheritance, but tonight maybe a story around our hearts as well. You see, we may be a son or daughter in the house, worthy of an inheritance, but our actions and lives may be actually trading in our inheritance, not receiving one. Tough, tough statement. How we behave, how we act, how we talk, and make decisions, etc., etc. I'm talking around our behavior and what we see in dating, the single scenes here, marriages, they don't escape here either, our personal lives, striving to hold things above and carry more weight in other things other than what God wants weight in. Our leading in ministry. I'm talking about our obedience and our discipline. If we were added to, and we're going to that hill, if we were added to and lots of youngsters come in, what do we look like? Talking about relationship-wise. Our relationships, our friendships, socializing, how we do life. Does it look any different to the way the world does it? Is there Jesus' signature on it? We are now going to that new building and we have a great social life. But is it underpinned by biblical values? Samuel, an amazing gift to us. Where are you, Samuel? 
Hey, an amazing gift to us, bringing people together in lots of social situations. But we need to ask, is it different to out there in the world? Just asking, I'm not implying. Are we as a church questioning the change? The difference, do we look different? Are we as individuals questioning the change in us? I said last week, do you realize your life, we spoke a bit about our life CV. Do you know that your life CV is the church's? Whatever you are, whatever you represent, is how you represent the church. 2 Corinthians 3, 1 to 3. You can put it up. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are a letter written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Wrapped up in this passage by the Apostle Paul to the church at Corinth, we have the definition of what it is to be in true ministry. This may not be apparent at first, just reading that, but it's exactly that, I can assure you. True ministry, according to Paul, makes people into living epistles of Jesus Christ. What it was to be an early disciple, mission-minded individuals. Are people coming in going to witness us as Christians? Fairly recently, we had the privilege of witnessing some marriages, all precluded by relationships. All had their highs and all had their lows. Important to bring up relationships today. Albie and Leslie, not here today. Hendrik and Yakumi are here. Kubis and Megan. Just a few of the hard testimonies and stories around accountability, both messy and beautiful. Hopefully we're going to let, let them share soon with you guys about their journey. The question is, how did they establish their relationship? Process the awkwardness, pitfalls, insecurity, managing expectations. And it's not that these three couples, by and large, the prescription to dating or meeting your wife, just examples of perhaps left and right. What is your stance? Too much dating? Not enough genuine contentment and godly relationships? Friendships? My advice, and I don't normally put advice in these things, don't rush. Get to know each other first in safe environments. Avoid an awkward outcome. Because up until that day, those rings go on your finger. 
they're your brothers and sisters. So I might ask you all to say something loud, to repeat after me today, to declare something. Please don't say it because I told you to say it. Please say it if only you agree with it for your life, okay? Okay? Men say, I see my sisters in Christ. Women say, I see my brothers in Christ. Ecclesia. That's how the Bible refers to us. Not just the public representation of the body, the church. It actually means the called out ones. Changes your mind a little bit. This message extends to all of us. Not singling out individuals, but I believe God is seeking for everyone here for this message today. And please, don't limit yourself to my words that I'm saying here. But allow God to highlight areas in your life that need to respond or adjust. Porn destroyer. Our Instagram posts, YouTube channels, browsing history, Facebook, so over Facebook, (laughs) and every other hidden form of entertainment and communication. You accepted Christ, you went into the water, into the grave, and now you are all clothed in Christ. Galatians three twenty seven to 28. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Jesus Christ. So are we being challenged? Are we finding change in these different areas of our life? Do we look at dating different now that we know God? Just think about that for a second. You had an idea of dating before you found God, before you accepted Jesus. Now you've accepted Jesus. This is what I'm trying to get down to. Do you look at it differently? Has that belonging to him been allowed to make a change in your point of view? Do we pursue our marriages harder now that we know him? Think about it. Some of us were married before we came into Christ. I was. Thankfully, my wife said she was too. But now we've got him together, and our marriage is noticeably different from what it was before. Do we serve with more diligence and submission? Do our friends and our friendships look different? More inclusive, something Jesus would do. Or are we wholly huddling? Romans eight, nineteen to twenty two. For the creation waits an eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. 
For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in the hope that the creation itself would be liberated from bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Paul writes to us here that all of creation is groaning, waiting for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. We are all called here at Durbanville PM to participate in the rescue, the reconciliation, and the restoration activity of God in his kingdom. All of us. And that's what we were made for. The kingdom has been given to you in our DNA. And when we start to move in its rhythm, we come alive. Start off dead and then come alive. Doesn't it amaze you that the creator of everything invites us all here to partner with him in this great purpose? We were chatting earlier in prayer. We opened up with holding hands with the Creator. My question is, how can we be released to take that hill there? See? To shine as a bright light. And how do we become less passive and more front-footed? That Jesus, myself and you have chosen to openly, he has openly invited and challenged us to a lifestyle of an active faith. All say to him, I choose to live this active faith. <laughs> Think about it. Do you choose to live an active faith? Have you weighed? Matthew four nineteen to 20. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. See, to follow him means movement from something to something. Discipleship is not stationary. All say to him, I choose movement. John 12:26 Whoever serves me must follow me and where I am my servant also will be my father will honor the one who serves me Jesus says if you want to be his disciple then we must follow him and if we are going to follow him then we must be where he is one of the principal ways that Jesus forms us is through the movement of following him into new situations. At the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says that the only difference between the one who builds his life on the rock and the one who builds on the sand is putting Jesus' words into practice. 
The only difference. Moving from a, a theoretical belief to active participation in one of the biggest values we hold here in Joshua Generation Church. I read recently a testimony in a missionary's daily log I found. I'd like to read it to you. I just returned from my 17th trip to India. This time I took a team of 30 from four western nations into northern India. Once again I was impacted by the level of faith and commitment to Christ that I saw demonstrated in the lives of the Indian believers. We were working with a house church planting movement that is growing at a remarkable rate. Thousands are being baptized every day. As a result, the church is filled with new believers whose faith is demonstrated daily in their lifestyle. They continually share Christ with those around them and pray for the sick out of their communities. This is reflected in their continuous stream of miraculous testimonies. They live with both a contentment and trust for their material needs to be met daily, and they share what they have with one another. Consistently, I have observed two predominant characteristics among the Indian believers, joy and faith. On more than one occasion, I woke to the sound of their worship in the morning and fell asleep to the same sound at night. Prayer seemed to be spontaneous. Certainly, there was no great effort needed to get them together to pray. And then there's a whole bunch more, and then he finishes with, Our Western team went home greatly impacted by seeing the life of the early church described in Acts, lived out amongst the Indian believers. I want to reiterate that the way we live our lives is important. People are watching us, learning and judging. Those that are hurt or injured will always be looking for some fault that will justify their rejection of the church and perhaps even the God we serve. Make every effort to live in such a way that the people you contact will see God in you and glorify his name. So what responsibility do you and I have as a believer? Is it enough to have made a profession of our faith to him? To live a good life, to fight the good fight, whatever that means. Surely there's more that is expected of us as children of God. Surely we have a responsibility to represent Christ in the world around us. So I want to help us forward a bit. Before we can even consider representing Christ, it is essential, number one, that we have a relationship with him. We know where that hand is. Romans 10, verse 9 to 10. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Paul tells us here that if we profess Jesus as Lord and believe in our hearts, then we will be saved. I know many, and I've met a few people, who say that professing Jesus as Lord is as simple as saying those words. But I believe it's so much more than that. We have become his servants. We touched on that last week. He is the master. I am his servant. Have you heard the saying, salvation is not a fire insurance policy? It is a commitment of our lives to the one who gave his life for us. It is becoming his disciple, taking up our cross and following him. All say to him, I choose relationship. Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. I remember my dad as a kid talking to me about my behavior, especially when we went out. He used to say how I acted was a reflection on him. Other people would judge my parents, at least in part, of what they saw in me. And it's no different to a follower of Christ. If I go anywhere, and I use, because I, I speak the gospel in lots of places, so people know me as a Christian, the people I encounter are going to use me in part, in forming their opinion of Christianity and God and the church. And it seems to make little difference to this world whether I truly am a believer, a follower of Christ, or simply call myself a Christian. It's like filling in a form to the world. You know, what is your denomination? Christian. Dink. Done. You see, the world and those looking on are going to wrap us, those two groups of people, as one. And unfortunately, we spoke about it just now, those with a negative witness are going to have a much bigger impact than those with a positive witness. You can all tell from most of social media it's the negative that draws out the most attention. I find it sad that there are so many who are poor representatives of Christ in the world. But our, the good news is it doesn't discourage me. I'm resolute. I want to be faithful to his call on my life and reflect his mercy, grace and love to the world around me. You see, we are back to hard choices. Regardless of what others do, I can choose to reflect the light of Jesus 
into a world of darkness. All say to him, I choose to represent. <laughs> John 1, 1 to 4. The word became flesh. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. So John begins this chapter by identifying the word as God and as having a, a life that was the light of the world. We jump to John 9, 5. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Jesus here identifies himself as that light, that light for the world. And then in John twelve thirty six, he tells his disciples to believe in the light so that they may become children of the light. Jump ahead, I read something amazing in Matthew. Read with me. Matthew five fourteen to 16. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. So we now, as children of the light, we are now the light of the world. And as the light of the world, Jesus has charged us all to let our, shine, our light shine before others, that they may see the good deeds and glorify our Father in heaven. You see, we let the light of Christ shine through us by what we do. These things we do, our life's CV, in turn glorifies God. All say to him, I choose to turn on the light. Peter corroborates this. In 1 Peter 2 verse 12, Live such good lives amongst the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. I want to reiterate again that the way we live our lives is important. People are watching us, learning and judging behavior. Those that are hurt or injured... I'm repeating myself, I know. We'll always be looking for some fault that will justify their rejection of the church and perhaps even the God we serve. We need to let the light of Christ shine through us in our good deeds. And then people will listen to what we tell them. I want to land with 2 Peter 2, 1 to 2. Got a couple of verses. Verse 
But there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Is that it? Where's two? Many will follow their shameful ways and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. Peter warns here about false teachers who would introduce destructive heresies within the church. And we read him saying that many will follow their depraved conduct and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. And then Paul in Romans shares with us, Romans 2, 23 to 24. You who brag about the Lord, do you dishonor God by breaking the law? As it is written, God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Speaking to the Jews, Paul says, You who boast in the Lord, do you dishonor God by breaking the law? You see, we're not all teachers of the word or Jewish. I know that. But both passages have a warning for all of us. Our life's CV actually does in a way teach. And for some parts, we do boast in our faith, like the Jews did. Just as a life characterized by good deeds will glorify God, so a life too that is characterized by dishonor will bring God's truth into disrepute. So we're moving to take that hill up there in Pinehurst. We've been entrusted to be the hands and feet of Jesus in a world that is desperately in need of him. That is a great responsibility that we should make every effort to fulfill. My plea is to let us Others see Jesus in us. Ephesians 5, 1 through, it's quite long. I don't know if I gave it to you or not. Did I give you Ephesians 5? Ephesians 5, follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children, And walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any other kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor shall there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure. No immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ or God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. 
For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. And this is why it is said, Wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks, Barry, for our time together. Barry and I love spending time and chatting and I think in our being close to one another provoked, what is it to be a Christian? You know, what does that look like? We're going to finish a bit differently today, and I'm going to ask all the community leaders for this Wednesday to have a challenge Wednesday. For us all to park our cars and have a look at what's under the hood. <laughs> There's going to be no compulsory sharing. I want to just take that out the room. And if you're already thinking of excuses not to come on Wednesday night, rage against that feeling. Even if you don't think you want to share, come anyway to community on Wednesday night and listen to your brothers and sisters Trade the shade for light. Let their courage fuel yours. Let's talk about the hard things. Let's also experience release from bondage. Amen? And position ourselves well for taking that hill. All say to each other, let's take that hill together. Love you guys. <laughs> That's it.